0: This is Original Six. What a crazy week it was in Leafs land. I mean, there's not enough words to describe this week. Ryan Savine back with Paul Ananitis. Last week, we were Zackless, but today the Zach is half full. Boys, what's going on?
1: <laughs> suck just half full
2: half full i'm 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 always full full of ready to talk up i don't know how to uh, yeah <laughs> i'm here that's what i'm saying
0: fair enough uh zach i guess i guess to the listeners other than maybe you sounding a bit differently but we don't get to see your lovely face uh today because you're joining us remotely from your phone
2: I am. I mean, I could turn it on, but it would just be like a really close up of my face. And like, I know you guys don't want that.
0: There could be worse things like tonight's Leafs hockey game. Oh, or yesterday's or the day the game before. Paula, are you uh, equally fired up as per usual? Nope. (laughs) I am pissed off. Uh, Well, join the club. It's Tuesday today. uh, (laughs) Second month, 22nd day of 2022. And it's a Tuesday. So Taco welcome... Tuesday. Yes, should have had tacos tonight. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us and tuning in. Make sure to follow, subscribe, all that jazz. Uh, before we get into things, Paul, uh, please take it away with our shout-out for the week.
1: Yeah, so um, Ilya, again, gets another record pre- or goal prediction correct from the St. Louis game. He picked Bushnevich and Nylander to score both goals for each team, and he was correct again, so keep it going and uh everybody else has to get on his level because i swear we've said his name like five times in the last like month and a half
0: (laughs) good for him he's doing well uh so just before we dive into things uh just a little preview of some main talking points this week obviously uh the past games from this week the leafs heritage classic jersey unveiling some leafs trades injuries and thoughts heading in to the next week of games it's the 22nd this episode will be coming out tomorrow which is wednesday But for now, let's dive into the week in review. And Zach will kick us off with the game against the Penguins.
2: Yes. So Leafs are going into a matchup with a very hot Pittsburgh team. Sidney Crosby had just scored his 500th goal uh, the game before this. I don't know if you guys saw, but he was like, apparently his parents had been like flying with the team to like try and witness this goal. And it had been like a few games before they got it. So they like kept having to go. So so anyway, yeah, well... watching hockey that could be worse things to do i'm joking Little oh, okay sorry my butt okay so uh yes this leafs game was a 4-1 leafs win thank goodness uh jack campbell made 45 saves he was great uh it all started 21 seconds in austin matthews gets in behind the defense gets a great pass from tj brody scores on the breakaway looks fantastic only leads goal of the first period. It's one nothing after that. Morgan Riley scored one of the prettiest goals I've ever seen uh, on the power play. And I think uh, I was actually listening on the radio when they scored this. And it was Jim Ralph said that Morgan Riley should take one of the fours off his jersey because he looked like number four Bobby Orr, like the greatest defensive scorer of all time. Because he just went, he took a pass from Campbell, like a drop pass from Campbell and just went end to end and torched the Penguins. It was fantastic. David Camp had a shorthanded goal, his second in as many games with Morgan Riley really like dummying Latang on a two-on-one, kind of baiting him for the dives. Uh, so it was a super good tap-in for Camp. It was kind of the second time he had a tap-in goal shorthanded because the the one against San Jose was like Mitch Marner just dangled through and then made everyone bite and then Camp tapped it in. So second one, Malkin got one for the Penguins, but Bunting scored for the Leafs. Um, so we were outshot forty-six to twenty-nine in that game. What we won, thanks to some stellar goaltending from Jack Campbell, had a nine seventy-eight save percentage. Uh, Morgan Riley and Matthews both having multi-point nights. Um, yeah, so great game. The only great game of the week, though, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, too bad. That's not too bad. That's not the story for the rest of the week. Yeah,
0: pretty much downhill from here as we go into uh, the second game, which was against the Blues at home. Uh, the first time these two teams met this season was a 6-5 game, kind of like uh, Paul and I featured in last week's Week Ahead. Uh, it made to make an exciting game for this matchup this time around. And, I mean, safe to say it was that. It's weird. I, I don't think the Leafs played a bad game here. I mean, like, they didn't play great hockey. I mean, they lost 6-3. So you can you can make of that what you will. Uh, but it was 3 all going into third period. So basically, you know, like the story of this one for me was – The Leafs came out of the gate a little flat-footed, caught off guard and went down two. Nylander broke his streak, uh, scored a couple to tie it up. uh, One in the first, one in the second. And then we went back and forth with them again. And then the third period just kind of got away with us. The shots were pretty equal. I thought possession, time and attack, like that was all pretty equal. Um, Campbell uh, in this one, not looking like uh, the Campbell we had seen in the game before against Pittsburgh. Um, And yeah, St. I mean, St. Louis got the best of us. I mean, there there were some moments and some parts of this game where I I could have said, you know, yeah, like, I wish we could have done better in this area, been a little harder on the puck, fought harder, you know, in the corners, but I don't think we played terribly. We just kind of let the game slip away.
2: Yeah, it was, yeah, going into the third period, tie game. You know, you don't. You never want to give up like three goals in the third period, even if one of them was uh, an empty net pretty early on. But yeah, it was unfortunate.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of unfortunate, this game was hands down the worst game I have ever seen the Leafs play in my entire life. Uh, oh come on! There's worse. There's been worse. Okay, Did you ever I know? That there's been three. Game? I know. There's. I know. There's. I was been at worse, the nine-three like, game. <laughs> I know there's been worse, but I'm saying, like, I guess, like, the worst game I've seen since, like, Matthews came to the to the Leafs. I'll say that.
0: I would argue worst, otherwise, but please continue.
1: I'm not going to remember every game. But anyways. David Ares, that's all. Keep going. Oh, uh, yeah. Fair point. That's a good point. And second worst game. I, I could keep going if you want. Okay, Ryan. We'll just please, don't. please don't. Yeah, uh, yeah, don't. It's just. So, yeah, uh, first game of a back-to-back against Montreal. Uh, Maracic gets the start. Uh, uh, There's not really much to say here, but the Leafs look like – they look like a D-division adult safe hockey league team. They played so bad that I almost jumped off the roof of my house. (laughs) 5-2 loss to Montreal (laughs) going down five, nothing at first. And then, you know, Angval and Mikheyev scored two two quick goals to give the fans false hope. But the funny thing about this game was we outshot Montreal 37 to 24, which did not seem like that at all, considering how crap we played the entire game. And yeah, that game was just uh, like, are you kidding me? Game of the season? Like, what are we doing? Like we should be, we should be beating Montreal like the worst team in the league. Like, one of the worst teams ever, apparently, like, statistically. Yeah. And yeah, we just we just came in there flat-footed, and Montreal was on a back-to-back. That was their second game in, uh, of the back-to-back. So they played the night before and still played way better than we did. And yeah, not much to say about that, but... Yeah. Um, I, I feel like, just well, before I we guess. move
0: on, I feel like once, one game a season, we have one of these, like, what WTF games. It's like... Mm-hmm unbearable like zero excuse for this garbage play so this year is this game last year what i was gonna say before is the ottawa comeback game against us at the beginning of the season
1: oh gosh oh yeah when we were up like 4-1 and we lost like 5-4 right
0: yeah something like that i remember that was terrible and then you have david airs the year before so so we've hit our quota so it it can only go up from here
1: after tonight at least you never know with the leaps, though. fair enough But, like, out of all games, you have to do that against Montreal. Like, really? Yeah. Uh, Seems pretty scripted. It it is, yeah. And then, speaking of scripted, the last game of our back-to-back against Columbus, which was tonight. uh, 4-3 OT loss. And I really don't think that we played that bad. uh, Outshooting Columbus 42-30. to And uh, just a, a, you know, just a nice story. Uh, for every Leaf game that happens when a new goalie comes in that hasn't played since 2018, some guy named Barube was playing for Columbus and makes 39 out of 42 saves and gets a 930 save percentage and plays like prime hassock against the Leafs when he, he's he been playing like crap all year against every other team. So, you Buddy, know, we got nice. goalied
0: by the coach of the St. Louis Blues.
1: I was like, I was like, is that like Craig Berube's son or something? Like, who is this guy? Who is this kid? No idea.
0: I think he's played 36 NHL games in his career. Yeah, he's
1: played 36 NHL games in his career. And yeah, hasn't played since 2017, 2018. So yeah, typical typical Leaf story here with uh, a new goalie for the other team. And I don't think we played that bad today. It's just like the goals that we gave up, we shouldn't have. And it's one of those games where we couldn't put the puck away, but the other team put the puck away when they had their chances. And wow. I don't think, I mean, I don't think Campbell played that well either, considering the goals that he let up, especially that that third goal, that breakaway. He, like, didn't even move. He just let Gaunt score on in five holes. So, uh, just a frustrating game overall. Um, sped to tying it up with about a, a 50 seconds left, which was very questionable. You never know. What's going to happen with that kicking rule? Because it changes every time uh, someone kicks the puck in, or, or supposedly kicks the puck in. So yeah, they really need to be more, uh, more like consistent, consistent, or like change the rule up to make it just let them kick it in. Yep, you know, I've said
2: it once. I've I've, I've said point, it more than once. Let's just change it. Yeah, at this point, I'm I'm with Ryan. Like, Let's just go. let them kick it in then. Like or anything that like even comes close to your foot and don't count. Like pick I one. Agree. Don't don't be somewhere in the middle because you're never gonna have like the ideal situation to judge that the same every time.
1: Yeah. So
0: Fair. too subjective, not objective enough.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah. The, but yeah, that was the last game of the week, and uh, I think we'll end it off there because this week was just terrible yes. for the Leafs. Straight um, dog water, dog really?
0: water indeed. One, two, and one on the week are the buds. Uh, so thoughts about the past week? I mean, we we've kind of dived, dived, dove, went into each game. Dividend. sure, that's a word. <laughs> is that like a dividend bank account or something? I, I think so. Uh, um, I I wouldn't know, but yeah. Okay, so here's uh, this is I'm gonna give you my thought about what needs to change other than everything, and then I want you guys to kind of <laughs> give me your. Um, two cents on, you know, what the, I guess like overarching theme here. Is there any major thoughts or takeaways? Um, not enough secondary scoring in my opinion, but really focused, not enough production from Tavares and Nylander. Oh, buddy. Two goals, Ooh. both from Nylander in the St. Louis game, uh, two goals from the two of them in four games this past week. That streak probably extends further into the, the previous games, but to me that's the glaring hole that i see. Matthews and Marner and Bunting, they've been great sure but they can't mm-hmm. do it all.
1: For sure. And uh, yeah, you could see to you could see Tavares today when he was playing. Uh he had a lot of chances, couldn't get them in. He was really frustrated, throwing his stick, smashing his stick and you could tell it's getting to him. So eventually he'll he'll put one away but um, you know, sooner rather than later man, please. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that- unlike I say, give him time. I, you know, as frustrating as this is um, one thing that I was listening to when I was listening to the game on the radio today, uh, Joe Bowen said that the Leafs have the best record in like franchise history for this amount of games played. So while this has been bad and I'll, and I'll point to the, the week in October that we had where the penguins just obliterated us. It was what, like seven, yep, one in a so. game, we were ready to like trade everyone. We were ready to do everything. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to say give it some time and I'm going to like say that for the the Leafs defensively. And then also for Tavares and Nylander. Uh, I think that production will
1: come. I don't think it's like Tavares passing passed oh, sure. his career or anything I like that. So yeah, give it time. You yeah. know, it's funny though. The, the production's there in 50 games. Nylander has 21 goals and 26 assists for 47 points. And Tavares in 50 games has 16 goals and 30 assists for 46 points. It's just that with Tavares we want to see more goals.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's also timely scoring or timely production. You exactly. know it's like it's like in a game like tonight where outside of Spetz's goal we're trailing in the third period and who are you looking to? So obviously the Matthews line is going to get the warensky matchup and they're going to be the hardest ones. You know, they're going to have the hardest time finding the net. So then you know if that line is neutralized who are you looking to to, to score a goal? It's Tavares and Nylander and to me lately, they just, they haven't been the same impact players that they've been other parts in their career earlier in the season. I mean, something's got to change. I i don't know what the solution is, but part of me thinks, I don't even know if I like this idea, but I'm going to say it is that part of me thinks Tavares needs to be playing with Marner. And I don't like yeah, that because Matthews and Marner are phenomenal together. I know, but, but but Matthews and Nylander would be phenomenal together regardless. Right, because so, like, Matthews, Matthews doesn't matter who he plays with. Yeah, obviously we know you'll Matthews get, can produce. Obviously, you'll get more out of him with Marner, but you kind of have to wait. Do you want your your best out of Matthews and whatever you're getting out of Tavares or a bit less out of Matthews and way more out of Tavares? And for me right now, I mean, like you said, Zach, record-wise, like the team is doing well, but they're they're in a lull or a low or whatever you want to call it. So gotta switch something up
1: for sure and like it's funny because michael bunting has more goals than tavaras
0: i was gonna say i thought he was our best player tonight even though matthew's had a good game too i think Engval played pretty well too yeah i saw mm. a lot of him tonight i think Engval is becoming my last season's mikhail who gets all these chances just can't capitalize yeah <laughs> That's a good point. And he, oh my God, I could go off on a tangent about this, but Engvall slows down so much once he gets the puck. I know. So just, much.
1: I think it's the way yeah. he skates. He skates like a pencil. He's just yeah. standing straight up. like He doesn't bend over like everyone else when they skate. He just stands like a pencil and just goes.
0: Yeah. All right. Before Everybody, we uh, talk about the giraffe neck pencil skating guy, um, 32-14-4 after tonight's loss. Third of the Atlantic once again, nothing's changed. Uh, before we dive into the trades, uh, the Leafs. Uh, I think it was was it during the Montreal game that they unveiled their new jerseys. Uh, St. Louis game.
1: St. Louis game in the at uh, the first intermission. Yes.
0: So uh, they have unveiled their jerseys for the Heritage Classic, in which they will play against the Buffalo Sabers uh, in March. First thoughts on the jerseys, Zach.
2: First thoughts, or like what I think now, because those are two different things. Let's go both. actually. Let's both? Go both okay. Yeah, sure. Uh first thoughts, I hated it. Now I don't mind it too much. I think I was harsh on it before, but I still think it could have been way, way, way better.
1: Okay. Paul. I was muted there. Yeah, I agree. When like when I first saw it, I thought it could be way better. Like it's it's okay, but it definitely could be better. I honestly don't mind the Buffalo runs.
0: No, the Buffalo ones are clean. They're actually, Very they're actually nice.
2: really nice. They're
1: actually really the off, nice. The
2: off-white is like super nice. Yeah.
0: yeah. So here's here's my thing. Similar to you guys, I hated the jersey when I first unveiled it. Um, I think it'll look a lot better on the players. I hope so. And we also didn't, like to me, we didn't see the rest of the uniform with the jersey. So what I think would be really sick with this jersey because it's, I like the color. Like I remember in our group chat, Zach, you said you liked the color, like the shade of blue. Mm-hmm. Um. So for me, my ideal combination with this jersey, do you guys remember the Dallas Stars, I think winter classic jersey from a few years ago with like the tan brown gloves? Yeah. Yes. So, so I'm picturing this Leafs jersey with those gloves oh, and God. hear me out, those colored pants as well. I, oh, I, I don't think like that. That would look sick and blue socks, the same color blue as the jersey. And helmet, you could probably go blue as well. So you want a blue and brown outfit? It's not brown, it's like tan, it's like a tan leather color. Like to me, those Dallas Star jerseys from years ago are gorgeous because the green and just the the style of the jersey, but they're also simple with the tan gloves is really nice. So that's my pitch to the uniform designer. I mean, it's too late, but that's my pitch. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I I didn't really think
2: think
0: about brown. Like because I I just think.
2: Yeah, go ahead. I I just pictured like like the, the dark blue, and then there's some silver. There's like a silver stripe, right, along the bottom. Yeah, like silvery mm-hmm. white. Yeah, I pictured like some silver like accents on the gloves, but like mostly dark blue. But
1: uh, sorry, like white going. gloves with silver accents.
2: No, 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 Bl- like blue gloves with silver accents.
1: Oh, okay, gotcha. But yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, all for well, the brown. You never know.
0: Got to con- got to contrast that blue, but. Uh, Throw back to our i want to say second ever episode the retinas are back that's right the retinas the toronto retinas are back all right you know what is back nick ritchie to another team that isn't the toronto maple leafs that make God. a lot of sense um so two trades in leafs land both of the arizona coyotes funny enough uh so let's break down this first trade there's been tons of talk out there on the internet but we haven't spoken about it yet so if you haven't heard it yet Keep your ears open more. Uh, Toronto trades Nick Ritchie and a conditional pick to the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for Ryan Dezingle and Ilya Labushkin, who did play his first game as a Maple Leaf tonight against the Blue Jackets. Uh, And then following the trade, Dezingle gets placed on waivers and he is claimed by the San Jose Sharks in a continuing spiral that is every player the Leafs put on waivers gets claimed. Except Nick Ritchie. Yes, of course.
1: Yeah, because he stinks. Is- <laughs> but you know what? You know what? You know what? That's good, though, because we got to trade him and actually get something out of it, which is surprisingly a lot more than I thought. Yeah. So, Paul, what were your initial slash thoughts now about the trade? Uh, I think Dubas should be arrested because he stole everything. He stole that trade. Like, that was a fantastic trade for giving up someone like Nick Ritchie and getting Dzingel and Labushkin, who's, who I didn't think we'd put uh the Zingle on waivers. I thought he would be a really good, like uh depth player that we needed. But the Zingle said that when Dubis called him, he said right away, like, I'm gonna put you on waivers, like I'm straightforward with you. So I guess that was the original plan. Uh so yeah, I really liked the trade and I thought it was fantastic, yeah. like so, A plus. So just to answer that question for you,
0: at the time of the trade, I think that was when we'd already sent Lilligren down for a day to the miners, quote unquote. So in completing the trade, we were above the cap. And in order to be cap compliant, we would either have to send uh, Dezingle down and get him to try and clear waivers or send down Sandine. Nope. But then the only way to bring Sandine up would be to clear someone, some more cap space. Thus, it was kind of obvious that Dezingle was going to be the guy sent down.
1: So in that trade, we got rid of Richie's 2.5? Yeah. And Dzingel's, I think he makes like 1.1. Something like that, yeah. boy Dubas. Way to be creative. Mm. Yeah. Zach, what do you think?
2: Yeah, you know what? I'll take it. Um, I've heard people saying like the draft pick might be a little high, but, you know, cap relief, this, this is like part – the way I picture this is like this trade is like part one to what is happening. Like – yeah, When at the trade deadline, I feel like this trade is going to have an impact Impact because of like the cap space that we're going to have. It gives us a little more wiggle room and then stuff that's going on with, uh, with Muzzin and LTIR, which we'll touch on later, um, may have an impact on like what we're actually able to acquire at the deadline. And we may have a lot, not a lot more, but like a lot more wiggle. I just said a lot twice. A bit more wiggle room and like maneuverability that we didn't have before. So I'll take it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you also have to think about that. The 2.5 of Richie's cap also comes off of our, our books for next season as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I did I did see online and in response to some of the TikToks that we posted this past week, uh, people were really upset with Dubis that Dezingle was claimed off of waivers. So I, I think it's important to note that Dezingle was only involved in this trade, not because we necessarily wanted him, but because Arizona wanted to get rid of him, So the same way Richie was an offload cap dump for us, same thing with the Um, so I, I think people have to look a little more into what the, the purpose of a trade is. We can, we also spoke about, I mean, we wouldn't have been the only ones, but the, the Leafs land would have spoken that in order to get rid of Richie, we probably would have had to trade Richie and you know, a second or third round pick for like a sixth round pick. Like that's what it was likely going to take in order to get a team to take on Nick Richie's contract. So to me the fact that Dubis was able to offload Richie uh retain zero salary and also bring back Labushkin who I mean definitely not a big name by any means but I thought outside of the goal he was a pardon giving up tonight I thought he actually had a pretty decent game. No, I agree. Um so I I think we we won this by by spades and miles. I mean a to get rid of Nikki's Nikki. That's not a person. Nick Richie's contract. <laughs> uh, bye let's bye go with Nikki. Nikki. We got bye rid bye of Nikki. Nikki. Yeah, Nikki. Nikki's gone. Hey, Nikki, you're so bye. Like Cry bye Nikki. bye. Um, bye bye bye.
2: Okay.
0: You know, so to get rid of his contract, also bring back Labushkin, who is a six-two right-shot, defensive-minded defenseman. I thought it was a great trade. I mean, I, I think it's that simple. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, Just good creativity for the trade
0: for sure. Thoughts on Lubushkin's first game as a member of the Maple Leafs tonight,
2: Zach? He was good. He was uh, last I saw, he was plus one. Um, and yeah, you know what? I thought it was solid. I think he was trying to make an impact, like trying to say, Hey, look at me, I'm here. Uh, no, he ended up being uh, zero at the end of the day, so he was plus one at one point. Um, the first, and he, goal. Was, only, he was only credited for one hit, but. Uh, he played 1528 of ice time, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, he, I'm trying to look at his stats and scroll over, but on my phone, this is not as easy as it is on my computer. Uh, but you know what? Yeah, I'm okay with it. Uh, for someone who I didn't know existed until like two days ago, you know, I'll take it
0: fair enough. The Russian bear as uh, Bunting likes to call him
1: the Russian bear, the Russian, Russian bear bear. Interesting. The Russian Bear, indeed.
0: Yeah, I thought uh, I thought he had a decent game. He, you know, whether he got credited for hits or not, he he had a presence to him. He was tough in front of the net. I actually thought he um, did a good job of kind of keeping up with the play for someone who joined this team today, literally. Um, I think the only adjustment for him will be figuring out the Leafs system. I mean, the Leafs are a team who really like to pass the puck across that offensive blue line between defensemen and, and really activate the defenseman in you know passing place so i think that'll probably be the biggest adjustment for him uh paul where do you see him fitting into this lineup moving forward
1: uh probably probably just going between the second and third pairing seeing if he works better with lilligren or sandine or or even Dermott. uh hopefully he stays in the lineup because Justin hall's not in the lineup so that would be nice but yeah just just i guess just going between the second and the third line to see who he pairs up best with. Zach, do you share that sentiment?
2: Yeah, I do. I think in a ideal world, I would really like to see like what him and Muzzin would do as like a shutdown pairing, both physical, both big guys. Um, it would be very interesting to see, but with Muzzin, you don't know, and cap situation, you don't know. So um, ideal world there, but uh, in the actual world, I 100% agree with Paul.
1: Thanks, man. I think
0: I'm a little different in the sense that I don't see him really on the second pairing, even though I think that's when I heard about him, what I what I first thought. Um, I think he's a good bottom pair guy. I picture like him Sandine, kind of like third pairing and then in a totally healthy, happy world post-trade deadline, we have Muzzin on the second pair with whatever defenseman we will likely acquire and we will probably at that point, on my guess, be without Hall and Dermot, but obviously that's uh yet to be seen Mm. Uh, so that was not the only trade of the week we also made a trade during the Montreal game at least that's when it was announced Toronto acquired Carter Hutton from Arizona for future considerations and I mean I thought future considerations was really good this season so really sad Mm. to see future considerations go uh but Paul what is this trade telling you
1: I mean, I guess, I guess it's telling us that Dubis is getting extra goalie help because he's going to try and move Morazic or maybe th- knows that he's not going to keep him after this year. So I think it's just like extra support for the goaltending. It's basically what I saw from the trade. Zach? Uh,
2: for the most part, the same. To me, this is actually one trade, I think. Uh, So one thing that did happen during the Nick Ritchie trade was that same day Carter Hutton was placed on waivers by Arizona. So I think it's actually like Carter Hutton is a part of this trade, but they just, he needed to go through waivers first before Toronto could see if they could get him. And so Arizona was like, yeah, if he clears, we'll give him to you because we don't care kind of thing. And then the Leafs were like, ah, no one's going to pick him up. So we'll just wait for him to go through waivers. That way we don't have to like worry about keeping him up and he can go on the farm team. Um, I heard someone say, and I don't have like a source for this confirmed source, but that Hutton is just going to be playing for Arizona's farm team. Uh, Like he's not coming to the Marlies. I uh, could be wrong. That's what I heard. So is that so, even allowed. Yeah. Well, the AHL, oh. you can loan, you can loan yeah. goaltenders to other teams based on need. And the Leafs like, at least have Hutchinson, um, Wall. 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 Uh, and there's another one that starts with K. I think it's like Calgren or something. I don't know him that well. Uh, so at least have a lot of like goaltending depth for the Marlies level anyway. So yeah, uh, like he's there. I, I agree with the Mrazic thing, Paul said. Like if Mrazic goes, like at least you have Hutton. Like I would rather have Hutton as a backup because he has more experience than Michael Hutchinson, uh, like starting experience from Buffalo and yeah. uh, St. Louis.
1: Could Correct.
0: Yeah. Correct.
2: Cool. Mm-hmm. That was off the top of my head. So yeah, I'm I'm
0: good with this. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to dislike the trade because it, it is kind of irrelevant. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I disagree with you guys in the sense that I don't think it has anything to do with Mirazik leaving. I think Mirazik is is frankly the best option we're gonna have this season to back up Campbell. I think this is just a depth piece in case of injuries. I think it's that it's that simple.
1: Yeah, cool. like I'm just extra, like, su- uh, I said extra support.
0: Yeah, Riddick. Uh, okay. Like similar to the Riddick deal last season. Very true. To just be like another guy to compete for a possible game or two if there's an injury. Yep. But uh, who knows? Maybe Mrazic is on the way out. I don't think so, but you never know. Um. Yeah, so those are the two trades. So what do you guys, before we get into injury report quickly, what do you guys think these trades are kind of, what does this tell us about what Dubis wants to do moving forward? what do you think it sets like a a precedent for like i guess my, my question here is
1: what's next i think i think dubis is going to continue being aggressive in the during the trade deadline and try and get another solid defensive piece from what i've been hearing like elliot friedman's been saying it a lot of other analysts have been saying it so yeah i think i think dubis is going to continue to be aggressive during the trade deadline and try and find a good, solid, defensive player that we've needed. And I uh, and it looks to me that Dubis is trying to be very creative with the cap space that we have, and he's trying to find different ways to to shed off some cap, but also find some good players as well. Ooh. Yeah, I think
2: I I agree, but I also. I think Dubas is going to be aggressive at the deadline, but I do think that he's going to, hmm, how do I phrase this? I wouldn't be surprised that much if this is like the biggest thing that happens before the trade deadline, not because that's what Dubas wants, but because that's just what's available. I feel like this is kind of like a stepping stone, like, Hey, in case we can't get defensive depth in case we can't, we have a good team right now. We may not have like a cup contending. Well, we don't have a cup contending team. I don't think we do yet. I don't think we have, like, we're missing a couple of smaller pieces for that. And exactly. I feel like this is just bolstering those areas that we don't have amazing depth in, especially uh, with Labushkin. So I wouldn't be surprised if Dubis isn't able to, not because of want, but because of market and all, uh, everything like that. And people want an arm and a leg from Toronto. So,
0: hmm.
2: yeah. They can have Richie.
1: Oh you yeah. He doesn't even cost a pinky. <laughs> just the, he's just the, the hangnail on your pinky. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He's like, he's like an ingrown toenail.
0: A part of you, but really annoying.
1: Yeah, literally. Oh god. All right. Uh, let's turn over
0: to <laughs>
2: Mullen MD with the leaf's injury report. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, this is great. Uh I'm I'm actually calling in um I was at uh, the Olympic Games um doing medical coverage for every single team men uh, and women's uh at hockey the, or, or Be- all sports in, in Beijing oh every sport I'm just uh I'm You were a
1: busy man. I was I was Good so so
2: so busy. If you look at every camera angle and every shot from the Olympics uh I was uh in the background of every shot ready to assist where needed luckily nice. it never came to that. Um because luckily my expert, for the athletes, Hey, do you want me to still keep coming back on this podcast? Like, you know, I take time out of my very, very busy schedule to come and talk <laughs> yeah, with but, you guys. Right. So since
0: since we don't pay you, we have to
2: roast you. That That's not how that, that work. What? That's how it works All now. All right. I'm going to just give my injury report and go then uh, to cry in the bathroom. <clears throat> anyway. So uh, a couple of funny things. In, okay, one funny injury, one non-funny injury. Uh, what do you want first, the funny one or the not funny one?
1: Not funny one first.
2: The not funny one. Okay. Uh, Jake Muzzin was involved in a collision in the game against Montreal yesterday. Uh, he kind of wavered on his skates. It was a really accidental-looking collision. He kind of like lost an edge and went like straight into the kneecap of a Montreal player, Uh, Weidman. Yeah. He. It looked bad. And I think he was, what I think really happened, and it looked really bad uh, based on what happened in the moment, I think he was more stunned than actually hurt. Um, It's hard to say without looking at x-ray reports or talking to concussion spotters, but based on what I've seen, it looks like he was just kind of stunned. And based off of what has been told to us afterwards is that he's looking a lot better, which is great. Uh, However, better than expected when you expect the worst you don't know where that is right so he could be out a week he could be out four weeks either of those is better than out for this season so uh we hope for the best for jake muzzin this is not the first time that he has had um an injury this season so he's kind of like we're we're hoping he gets past this and kind of gets back to his normal self yeah his second injury is the funny one austin matthews uh is known for just having hands of steel Uh, and now he has a mouthful of steel because he (laughs) tried to eat the crossbar and what I mean by this is in the Pittsburgh game he was so focused on the play he skated straight into the corner of the net (laughs) and you can actually see if you like go through the footage and slow it down you can see a tooth like fly out Mm -hmm. so he lost he lost a tooth thankfully not one of his front two I know his mother would have been horrified at that so Yeah, and he joked about it afterwards, uh, you know, um, and it was pretty funny. Uh, I needed some dental work, but all hockey players do. Are you really a hockey player if you're not missing a couple of teeth? You know, uh, Drew Doughty can be a big testament to that if you've ever seen him smile. (laughs) Brett Brett Burns. Brent Burns, yeah, those tough tough defenders and stuff. So, you know, Austin Matthews is just adding to his resume as one of the most renowned and uh, big hockey players that is in our game today. Right, thank you very much, uh, Mullen MD.
0: So, yeah, two, no problem. <clears throat> two follow-up questions for you guys. First off, tonight Matthews looked good against Columbus. The previous two games he looked off, and would you agree in my analysis that he was just trying to like not let his mouth bother him
1: while he was playing? Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, you could see when uh, whenever the play stopped, they'd put the camera on Matthews, and he'd be like moving his mouth, like touching his his lip because it was so blue and swollen. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess he was just, um, yeah, I guess you're right about that. And after the two games, he realized that this doesn't really matter. And I just got to play the way I play. And when he had a good game against Columbus, but too bad we couldn't get the win.
0: Yeah. As we welcome Zach back, uh, Zach, if Mm. for whatever reason, Muzzin ends up on LTIR, do you think we see some sort of Kucherov situation where he sits on the LTIR up until the playoffs and that allows Dubis to to really work some magic with some five million dollars uh, of
2: cap space opened up you know it wouldn't surprise me just based on how much of a mastermind Kyle Dubas is i could absolutely see that happening um it would be nice you know because we were all like oh my gosh tampa you cheaters you're getting kucherov back in the playoffs oh my goodness and then now that it's us i'm like okay let's do it let's <laughs> so, get it
1: yeah. yeah but it's. So I it wouldn't be surprised. It's not going to be like 22 mil of cap space on the LTI. No, no.
0: It's five point something, but Hey, five, 5 million of cap space. That's a $5 million player. You can bring in. Yeah, You can do a lot with that. Right. And something mm-hmm. I don't think we've spoken about on the podcast a lot is you can have two teams retain salary on the same player. So if you have, mm-hmm. let's say an $8 million player, I don't think that kind of player is getting traded, but for argument's sake, you have an $8 million player, And if that player gets retained salary from two different teams before he comes to Toronto, that's only 2 million against the cap. Obviously you'd have to give up more as uh, Mm -hmm. the Kyle Dubas would have to give up more in order to get these teams to, to retain salary. But that gives you a lot more wiggle room than I think we initially thought. So first and foremost, you want Muzzin to be okay. Obviously he's been stretched off the past two playoffs for the Leafs. So I think in the sense that his his health in the playoffs is most important for us, it would not surprise me by any means to see him on the LTIR uh, until the playoffs. But part of that is also you want him to play because because you need him down the stretch too. I mean, the playoffs are pretty much a surefire thing, but you're at your best when he's in the lineup every night.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All agreed. I think the funniest part about going back to the Matthews injury was uh, – was the interview he had afterwards with the reporter who asked him about it. And and he was like, yeah, Matthews, what happened on that play with Crosby? Like, what did you do? And he's like, yeah, uh, I saw the crossbar and I thought, why not just put my face right through it and then see what happens? So a uh, great question. <laughs> <laughs> Rock star shit, right there. Yeah, when when you said that in the chat, Ryan, and I watched that. I died laughing. <laughs> yeah, I Everyone, like, uh, fell to the floor laughing.
0: For anyone listening, go and check out our one of our most recent TikToks about that at Original Six Pod, and uh, you'll have a laugh. Fantastic. That was unreal. I mean, I think it was Mark Masters who asked it. I couldn't tell, but based on the voice, it sounded like Masters. Whoever asked that question is either an idiot or an absolute genius, knowing that it would provoke both. that kind of response both uh probably probably both yeah for me uh I, I mean we could i mean we have been and we could keep talking about who we think the leaps are targeting but before i get into my last question uh for the both of you before we head into the week ahead who's on your list for trade targets for the least right now i know paul you sent uh uh a picture in the chat today just about yep. some possible rumors stuff you were hearing uh so who's on the top of I'll go to each of you who's on the top of your list it can be multiple players if you want a, a defenseman a forward you name it Paul I'll start with you
1: uh I'm gonna go with the list I sent and if I'm not mistaken Max Domi was on it Andrew Kopp was on it um who else was on it Ricard Raquel Ricky Racks now he would be on the top of my list for sure him Raquel, Kopp, and Domi, if if it's true that uh, Leafs have reportedly been interested in those three, would be all fantastic for us. Great depth players. Uh, Domi would be that that grease ball that we need. Ricard Raquel is just very good scoring. He'd probably play on the second line and we move Kerfoot down to the third. And Andrew Kopp as well, just a good depth forward. He's been doing well on Winnipeg. And out of those three, I would have uh, Ricard Raquel as my number one. So that would be my answer.
0: All right, Zach, please give me a defenseman because Paul failed to do that.
2: No, I don't want to give you a defenseman. Okay. Okay, how about I give you both? Sure, I like that. Okay, so I'll start with the forward first. And this is kind of like my number one pick. Even though we need a defenseman, I would love Max Domi on this team. I feel like not only would it be like a homecoming of sorts uh, because it was so painful seeing him in a Habs jersey when Ty Domi is such like a legacy player for the Leafs. It just felt like that one piece that I've I've said it before that I feel like we need is like someone to like put an impact on. And Wayne Simmons does that, but I feel like having Domi who can also score, who can also be physical, like not all the pressures on Simmons to like provide in such a key role going into the playoffs. I feel like Max Domi would do a great job. Some sandpaper. Um, I would love it if he's, Exactly. Like, I would love that. And if he signed long term here, I would love that even more. I think it would be fantastic. Um, so that's my forward. And going to another list that uh, that Paul sent earlier in the week for defensemen, uh, I'm going to kind of go a little bit off the board and say Justin Braun from Philadelphia was someone that I thought that the least may, may target. He seems like an all around defenseman. Um, he may not be a shutdown guy, but you may have Labushkin for that. Uh, and Justin Braun's numbers are really good this year, despite Philadelphia maybe being an okay team. Uh, I hate to say mediocre because I don't know if Heisley listening to this podcast or not. So I'll say an okay team. Um, he knows. <laughs> so, yeah, I think i go with – there's a lot of good names uh, on this list that Paul sent. Yeah, uh, I agree. Which I actually, I'll, I should probably read them off. But, like, Manson, Severson, Larson, Klingberg, Sherratt, Braun, Pisek, oh, God, I always make his name wrong.
0: Uh, Pissick, I'm Dylan. I'm. I'm kind of
2: for Mark Pissick.
0: I mean, I was actually watching a YouTube video, um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of really good underlying numbers about Mark Pissick that, I mean, first of all, he's like a, a very much stay-at-home defenseman on a bad team in a bad market in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of metric to support that he might be kind of exactly what the Leafs are looking for. It's, it's hard Hmm. to know. It it really is. I I think what the Leafs need to look for is not the best defenseman that they can find, but the best fit for Muzzin. That's what they need to look for.
2: Hmm.
1: I I think,
0: I think that's, what's important. Because if you look at our defensive group with like, I see we have three solid defensemen. you have Brody, Riley, Muzzin, and then everyone else is a fringe defenseman, you know, bottom pairing could be in or out of the lineup. What you need is someone to play with Muzzin. And then any combination of the other two guys can play in your bottom pair. I think especially now with Lubushkin, I think he's a good defensive grit, kind of like sandpaper style of player to solidify that (laughs) right side bottom pair. So I think the biggest need at the deadline has to be who's playing with Muzzin and how well can they do that? Yeah, Yeah,
2: you know, I 100% agree with that. I think finding a key piece that meshes with your lineup is difficult but also super important and yeah like you said it like for me an ideal top six is muzzin this new defenseman then bottom six is uh sandin labushkin i think that's probably what i would go with going into game like game one of the playoffs yeah depending on who you get right so you look you're looking for a guy who plays with muzzin you're looking most likely for a right-handed defenseman because muzzin shoots left just someone where to fit in so 100 agree
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, only time will tell, like we said, uh, hopefully sooner than later, but with Muzzin out, who knows what that means for the lineup, who knows how long he's out for whole bunch of question marks. Uh, my question for you guys. Wow, that was a good segue. I'm proud of myself on that one. Uh, nice. Before we get into the week ahead, yes or no? Do you feel like there is a greater sense of urgency slash like, you know, like an all in mentality around the team this season
1: compared to seasons past? I hope so. <laughs> That's a good answer. Because if not, then we're screwed. That's all I have to say,
2: <laughs> I'm gonna say yes only because of what happened in last year's playoffs. I think you there was said that an all five in. Years. Yeah, like you could have said it of the last five years. Even last year, like you know, picking up guys at the deadline, um, like Nick Foligno. they had an all-in mentality last year and then they failed big time. So I feel like there's a more all in it's all, all or all or all or nothing this year.
0: Maybe they'll make another uh, prime series for us. I hope not. All right. Let's take a look at the week ahead. All for nothing. Indeed. Let's take a look at the week ahead. We got four games on tap before we record again, which will be after the final game of this four game impactful week. Uh, Thursday, their next game versus Minnesota Saturday at Detroit, Monday at Washington, Wednesday at home against the Buffalo Sabres. Before we then play them again at the Heritage Classic, uh, Zach, your prediction jumps out at me, so I'll throw it to you first.
2: Yeah, I'm going with a perfect week for 0 0 because I think they'll bounce back. What uh, the and also, hell? And also, looking at your predictions made me sad, so I want it to be happy.
1: <laughs> All right, Paul, fair enough, take it away. I'm going to go 2-1-1, one, and one, and this is exactly what's going to happen. Just get ready. We're going to beat Minnesota and Washington because they're a good team, and then we're going to lose to Detroit and Buffalo because they stink. Okay. I have beef. You stole my thought because that's what we were talking about before we recorded. But,
0: dude, it's what everyone's thinking. I can hear Zach laughing in the background and trying not to get it picked up by his microphone, too.
2: Yeah.
0: Yep. And failing. I'm so jeezed <laughs> right now. You stole my thought. You're welcome. No. <laughs> I'm not welcome. You're welcome.
1: Dude, it's so what everyone's doing. Did you even, did you even say so. what your
0: record was? I don't even know. Yeah, 2-1-1. One, one. All right. I have 2-2-0, two, two but same as Paul. Well, same as myself, actually. Just no Well, overtime mine's
1: months. different because I think we're going to lose to OT for one of them. We're going to lose to OT? Which one? Yeah. Which one, Paul? Uh We're going to lose to Detroit in overtime. All right.
2: So we'll see. Because if you're wrong and Ryan's right, then you owe him an apology that's
0: true and five guys no i don't and five
2: guys i'm hopping
0: on the five guys train (laughs) that's bold that's a bold statement indeed for quite a bold prediction for zach so zach i hope you are correct uh that is pretty much it for the three of us here on original six podcast so thank you to everyone who listened who interacts with us on all of our socials uh who's a part of the journey until we are famous making lots of money Living in big houses, driving nice cars, maybe having a boat, a cottage or four. Who knows? Um, as usual, we do really appreciate it. Uh, boys, favorite three words heading into the week. Go leaves go.
2: Bye-bye, Nikki. Don't yeah. be worse.
0: Uh, but go Don't be go. worse.
1: Go I agree. leaves go. Don't be worse. Go leaves, go leaves
0: go. And remember to take care of the planet. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye.